crime in me. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime in me. We are in no way responsible for the things that come out of our mouths. We are not experts, although we may claim to be, so don't take anything that we say too literally. We are not laughing at the crimes, we are laughing at each, each other. other. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, <laughs> three. Welcome, Welcome to another episode of Crime. <laughs> Crimey. We're your, your hosts, hosts, Angela and Matt. <laughs> and one day we'll get it together. We'll never get it together. Let's be real. We're never going to get it okay. together. This is the 23rd episode. We're not. Wow. We're just not going to get together. That's yeah, it's pretty it's telling. Like, this is this is who we are. This is who we are. I was just going to say that. <laughs> this is who we are. If you don't like it, that's cool. I get it. That's fine. Move yeah, on. We're yeah, all moving move, on. Move on. It's And look, if last episode was too political or too uh, religious or whatever for you, that's cool. We just feel like, you know, these are things that we need to talk about. So we're going to keep talking about it. I'm never going to not say how I feel about something. I'm not a liar. Uh, so. Also, we are raised by our beloved mother who cannot not say things. <laughs> So naturally, we can't not say things uh, either. Yes, the verbal diarrhea. It is in us. And it is on you. Love you, Mom. Love you, Mom. I just have to say that I just got back from playing D&D, and my character was stuck in a radiation storm and ended up with a bird's head protruding out of its neck. So you might be, like, squawking throughout this. I was upset that I didn't get the cloaca end where I could just get free ah, eggs out of my neck every day. Just dropping you know? eggs. That's no, right. but now I just have an annoying bird chirping. That's Is It's that a baby, too. It's a baby, so I have to, like, mama bird beat it. Is that the um, correct pronunciation? Cloaca? Is that Cloaca. I thought it was a cloaca, but I don't know. I... It probably is cloaca, but I wanted to make it sound exotic. Oh, well, it sounds exotic already. <laughs> cloaca. Cloaca. I think cloaca it's cloaca. Where the chicken's egg comes from. Where the chicken's or any bird's comes egg from. comes from. Where the bird's everything comes everything. from. Everything. That's why you got to wash your eggs. Enough about anatomy. Let's That's get down to it. That's our PSA for today. Wash your eggs. And speaking of washing your eggs. Speaking of washing your eggs, do you need to wash your hands or, or body or hair or anything? <laughs> Humblebee Herbal has every kind of soap and all kinds of products for every bit of your body from head to toe. Check That's them right. out at hum- humblebeeherbal.com. Humblebeeherbal.com. <laughs> Humblebeeherbal.com. Wash your cloaca. <laughs> Scrub it. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you a story about two women. Well, two women and a man, but mostly about two women. Okay. Named Elisa McNabney and Sarah Dutra. This sounds familiar. Ooh, does it sound familiar? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Sarah Dutra was a 21-year-old art student at California State University, Sacramento. That's right. CSUC. Nope, I said what, that wrong. What? CSUS. CSU Sac. What? What? When she befriended the wife of attorney Larry McNabney, and the wife's name was Elisa McNabney. Mm. Sarah was born August 14th, almost <gasps> your birthday. Oh, birthday Eve. <laughs> 1980 to Mark and Karen Dutra in Vacaville, California. Vacaville. That's right. Cowtown. <laughs> Neighbors said that they were a great family. They were just a lovely, charming family. Aren't they um, always? Sarah scored a job at the law office while she was going to school at Sac State. Mm Mm-hmm. And who are Larry and Elisa McNabney, you might ask? Tell me. Well... (laughs) Larry McNabney was born December 19th, 1948. I couldn't find shit about his earlier life. But he became an attorney and opened a law office in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, He he was known for defending criminals in two of Nevada's most infamous cases. One was a bombing extortion plot at Harvey's Casino in 1982. Damn. And... The other one was a 13-month drug conspiracy trial in 1989. Those are, those sound pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's a brilliant attorney and natural-born leader, said Nevada District Judge Peter Breen of Reno. He has risen several times from falls with alcohol. He always comes back, or he always came back stronger. In 1995... Elisa Redelsberger walked mm-hmm. into his office one day and applied for an office manager position. Oh, hey. She got the job. She sure did. Who is Elisa? You didn't ask. <laughs> well, Elisa was born January 3rd, 1967. Her actual... I like how you're like, who are these people? And then you tell their birthday. It's like, that's all I need to know. We got their numerology. We've got their she, horoscope. I'm going to tell you, need. she was a, ca- she is a Capricorn. Yeah, she hardcore, is. Hardcore. Earthy. goat trotting down the valley. Whatever that so means. So grounded. Okay. But really, Elisa, her birth name was... Laren Renee. Now it's like Lauren, but like mm-hmm. L A R E N. So like Lauren, Lauren I Renee. I think Laren Sims. sounds better. I thought so too, but then I thought with L A R A, like yeah. Lara, it's probably right. Lauren. Right. Anyway, her name, her real name was Lauren, but for the sake of trying not to be confusing, I'm gonna call her Elisa through the rest of the story. You know, I feel like okay. you always have these, so choose your name and let's go on. <laughs> We're going to stick with it. Okay. Elisa was born to Jesse and Jackie Sims in Brooksville, Brooksville Florida. Mm, Florida. It's said that she had an IQ of 140 when she was tested in high school. 
Damn. And, um, but despite her intelligence, she dropped out of school. And I don't know, like the article said, despite her intelligence, but it might be like because, of, because her intelligence. of her intelligence. Yeah. I'm guessing school was pretty fucking boring because school's boring yeah. when you're not intelligent, but then you're intelligent. You're like, I already know all this stuff and I'm bored. Look, let's be real. School's boring <sighs> all the time. And if you're yeah. super smart, you're like, I'm better than this. Yeah. So she was like, I'm done with this high school shit and didn't graduate. On that note, stay in school, everyone. At least get your high school education. (laughs) At least do that. And honestly, let's be real. High school is more about, you know, being social and learning how to work amongst your peers rather than your actual grades. So just stick it out. And like, what else are you going to be doing all day? Yeah. Yeah, really. Might as well just go. So you might ask, she she dropped out of high school. Did she go off to make money? Open a business, maybe? Invent something useful? Mm? Well, I'm here to tell you that she did not. Oh. She went the Florida way and had two children <laughs> by two different dudes. And Whoa. then started stealing. Okay, that's harsh. But. <laughs> and that's a really tough road ahead for her. Yeah. That's rough. Okay. So, you know, making some choices. Uh, I just feel like, yeah, these are the choices you make. <laughs> and maybe you don't have an education. I don't and know. you're bored. But it's not like you're... Florida's teaching sex education anyway, right? That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay. Uh, not the leaders in sex education. So she's got two kids. She was once arrested for stealing L'Oreal hair color from a Woolworths in Tampa, Florida. Oh, no. Oh, no. She was released on that charge. Um, and then, but then she ended up violating her probo- probation, <laughs> <laughs> probation by illegally using a credit card. Okay, that was the only thing she stole, and yep. she got probation. Yep. She get jail time? Just probation. I think just probation. Okay. She had committed credit card fraud with at least. Ooh. 38 different aliases. <gasps> what the fuck? That's a lot. That's a <laughs> what lot. the what? <laughs> I thought you were going to say three, and I was like, that's a lot. And then, wow. Okay. Nope. 3-8. Fuck. She used I'm, like, very... afraid to take mom's card to the grocery store when she <laughs> yeah. asks me to buy her stuff. Like, I cannot like, imagine. I swear. We could call her. I'm like, She's yeah. Right here. I could go. I'll go. You know what? Let me just go drive back home. I'll put her in the car. Drive her back here. And she'll you know, just never tell mind. you. Never I'm mind. Like, I'll just use my card. We'll just get her. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Every I'll time FaceTime her. You can see her face. I uh, What do I do? I know. She's like, can you just run to the store and get me something? I'm like, I don't know. They might put me in jail for using your card. Every or time. like when you're little and mom's like, oh, I just have to run and get one more thing. And the line's getting shorter and shorter. And you're like, <gasps> oh, my God. If she doesn't get here by the time they ask me for like a card or money and I don't have it. Like, this is so stressful. I have like severe anxiety right now. What, Mom, yeah. hurry up. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do when you get oh. up to the counter and the, the checkout person is like, that's $38. And like, you are you going to pay for this 10 year old? I don't think so. Yeah, what's in your purse? A, a Barbie doll and a I got some a chapstick. Mints. I got a lip smackers, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Maybe a couple pennies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. A that Barbie was a very shoe? stressful moment. I don't moment. know. <laughs> oh, that's where that went. A chewed up Barbie shoe. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Uh, yeah, 
That cat did love to chew up a Barbie shoe. She chewed up all the Barbie shoes. <laughs> <laughs> they try and cram them on their feet. Never worked again. Ever again. Oh, it's like when God. you pop their heads off and the heads don't ever go back <gasps> on, right? <laughs> it's never the same. It's never the same. They get like a weird suction, so half their face is sucked in for some reason. Yeah, or yeah. they have no neck. You have to yeah. jam the head oh, down yeah. so far there's no anyway. neck anymore. <laughs> Back to back to this woman who had 38 different aliases. Yeah. Okay. So she she's kind of on... is a Barbie doll, though, right? Like Barbie <laughs> had of. a bunch of aliases. She's on probation, and um, <laughs> uh, she ended up... I, I guess... I don't know why... It must have not been for this crime, but she had an ankle monitor at one point, and, mm-hmm. she, cut, and she ended up cutting it off. I don't think you can do that. Um, well, she did, and then she went to Las Vegas with her daughter, Haley. Doesn't, for- like, an alarm go off or something if you cut it? Maybe, but, I mean, she was gone by the time they got back. I don't what? know. What? And now I have two things to say. She Kay. took off with her daughter, Haley. First of all, ha- Haley is spelled H-A-Y-L-E-I. Which, like, no. if you're naming your kid Haley. that, you probably have some mental issues. Hey. Emotional issues. I don't Lay. know. It's just disturbing. Okay. And yeah. second of all, yes. she only took her daughter with her, not her son. And they were only a year apart. So it's not like one was you know, an infant. Okay. And the other well, one the was son like obviously, like, wasn't fun. No, Wait, not a f- not a fun kid. He's like such a downer. <laughs> yeah. But Haley was like Haley so <laughs> was so fun. Is she, she was like, like let's she's like go. a single mom at this point? And like she's her single, daughter. Yeah, she's a single okay. mom. She's been and a single mom this whole time. She mom. just left the the son Cole with. I think I'm assuming with her parents. And then she took Hopefully off with Haley. Okay. She, her and Haley moved to Party Las Vegas. Time. And when she moved, she went. Oh, wait, she, she moved go- there? I thought she just went there for like a trip. She's just like, no, no. Okay, peace out, Cole. We're leaving. Yeah. Yes. What? So I'm saying she chose one child what and the was plot? like, you're the one girl. Let's go get in the car. And then moved to Las Vegas and changed her name to Elisa Redelsperger. So here's the thing. I'm going to say, like, maybe that would have been a bummer for him. But I'm thinking he was probably better off than Haley. A hundred percent. But, like, what the uh, fuck? They're literally a year apart. It's not like, yeah. She's like, I'm sorry, I only have a two-seater car. It's, like, not room for you. Do you think that she did eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I think she knew who she wanted to be her, like, mm. her road dog, and Cole didn't make the cut. He did not make the cut. She's like, you still poop in your pants. I'm taking the older one. I think they, like, packed the car, and she's like, ooh. I just don't. There's, one. like, no room. <laughs> she called shotgun. I don't, I, like, you can't. I mean, it's shotgun. She called it. I don't know what to tell you. She did. She called it. You can't even we say ha- shotgun. We got to leave you behind now. <laughs> Ooh, you draw, drew the short straw. Wait, how old were they? Oh, God. Way to put me on the spot. Let's well, you're see. saying he like can't talk and shit. I thought they were older. Well, okay. Okay. Yes. I think that they're probably about seven and eight. Okay. Still little. But little. But like Super little. old enough to be like. You're dividing us uh, and, that's and up, also Mom? choosing one of us. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Super fucked up. So she gets to Vegas with her daughter, and during that same year, she get, she walks into Larry's law firm, and he hires her as a um, office manager. During that same year that she's been hired, his law firm was investigated by the Nevada State Bar. Ooh. It was determined that Elisa had embezzled more than $140,000 from clients. In a year? Yeah. <gasps> less than a year. What? This woman <laughs> has balls. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I she... can't even imagine. <laughs> So, as you might imagine, Larry was forced to close his offices. He had one in Reno and one in Las Vegas. Oh, my God. That sucks so bad for him. He, made, he like, hired the wrong person, and within a year, his shit's, like, closed? And you would think that he would be like, all right, goodbye. Yeah, you just, like, destroyed my reputation and my career. But guess what? Oh, no. <laughs> Within six months of meeting Elisa, Elisa became Larry's fifth wife. This bitch is charming. That's right. He married her. I guess his standards weren't too high. Is she hot? Like, what? Super charming. I don't think so, but I guess people, I don't know. So he decided that he was going to move to Sacramento, California to to open another law office down in Sacktown. (laughs) (laughs) In the old sack. Where all the criminals hide out. Uh Uh-huh. We got them. You want them, we got (laughs) them. Wow. And friends and relatives say she... Wait, 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 though. He married her before he knew that she was, like, fucking his business up, right? Ah, okay. It's hard to tell, but most of the sources that I found, it seemed like he knew and then Mm. was Mm. like, well, guess we have to move now. And was like, I'm locking this shit down because, I mean, I guess, I don't know. She's, like, rich now. Lock it down. And also, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if this means anything, but... yeah. There was a bit of an age gap, so. How much of an age gap? About 18 years. Ooh. It just feels like she's the one using him, though. Oh, 130%. But, you know, he's like, oh, I got this, I guess, you know, like, young, hot wife, whatever. She's, like, really good at embezzling, so. She is such a good little embezzler. And ruining businesses and <laughs> careers, so let's definitely, yeah, keep her around. Super trustworthy. She must have been hot. I don't think so, though. I saw the pictures, and I didn't think so, but maybe in his eyes. <laughs> Friends and relatives say that she immediately began to change his life, creating a wall between Larry, mm. excuse me, Larry and his social circle. Controlling. She introduced him to a new world by getting him interested in showing quarter horses, which became his new passion. Mm. Just gonna say, yeah, horse people. Is They're it like a, a different breed? Are they showing a quarter of a horse? No, no. They're like, no, no. Don't look Here's at the rest the of it. Don't look at the rest of it. <laughs> look at that front left leg and how look at this muscular. nostril it's so good <laughs> mm, quarter of a horse 
<laughs> Have you ever been to a half horse show? No, no. We only do the no, quarter no. horse. It's all We're about the quarter horse. Yet. It's way too much horse to judge. We don't got time like that. We're very thorough. <laughs> anyway. I don't know what a quarter horse is. I just don't know. But go ahead. Do you want an explanation of what a quarter horse is? Do you know what one is? Let me Google it. Okay. <laughs> it is an American breed of horse that excels at sprinting short distances. Okay. <laughs> it's literally a breed of horse in the okay. United States that is popular, just, apparently. Not, you know, it's just not okay. the best. I don't know. I'm not a horse person either. I just feel like that's kind of misleading. I don't know. But, okay. I mean, it's not. I saw the picture. It's a full horse. Not. Yeah. There's so, no, yeah. misleading breed name. Maybe just Very think about missing. that. But rest assured, the whole horse is available. Um, so she's so, into horses. She's like, and, get and she into like, horses. Check out these horses. And he's she's like, like oh, you don't need friends I anymore. Like now we're into horses. He's like, I'm down. Really, though, when you're a horse person, all you need is your horse. That's true. That's true. Anyway. It was there in his Sacramento law office that Sarah Dutra in the early 2000 responded to a newspaper ad for a $3,000 a month part-time legal secretary gig. I'd take it. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. Unless in, two, in 2000, yeah, that's not yeah. bad. It's and good. she's going to school, so she's doing part-time work. She's doing, you know, full-time yeah. school, part-time work. Fuck. It's not bad. education. Exactly. So she was hired. Uh, Elisa and Sarah became friends. They became yeah. friends. I guess they kind of like hung out. And Sarah well, Elisa's was not working for the business anymore, right? No, she is for Shut sure. 100%. She's still working for the business. <laughs> she the actually fuck? was the one who was like, we should hire Sarah. Yeah. Mm. So Sarah was also drawn to the glitzy world of horse shows. She also liked a good quarter of a horse. She was like, have you seen this? Oh, God. These quarter horses must be just, like, so fucking hot. Yeah. No, they're good. (laughs) She's got two people who weren't previous horse people involved. Hooked on horses. Hooked on horses. It happens, man. It happens. And that's an expensive habit to keep up. I'm just going to. I don't out there. know. I, I just always assumed you were born a horse person. Mm, I, I don't think so. I think there are plenty of converts mm. to the horse world. Right. Well, it's very it's not enticing. It's not I mean, you or me, but have you ever anyone, seen a quarter maybe. of a horse? No, no we're scared of horses. <laughs> Super appealing. Ah, <laughs> uh, have you seen that leg trot, though? <laughs> Have you ever seen that hoof extension? <laughs> so good. Mm. Oh, wow. Never seen a hoof extend like that. Anyway, by the time Elisa's daughter Haley was 14, she was working at the law office running errands and such. Like an intern kind of a thing? Uh, I think it was like, you know, make copies of this, go get us coffee uh-huh. Haley was interviewed at one point and said that during that time she would also run to like wherever at the time they were getting weed she would go pick up weed for her mom great uh, mm-hmm. yeah so she was running errands you know like go get like a gallon of milk and like some go eggs and house. some marijuana because <laughs> there weren't dispensaries at that time right mm, um uh, 
you know, there were, but they were very like medi- you had to be medicinal. Like, have right, the, you can't be fourteen and, and go you... in there. No, 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 no. So she's like, <laughs> okay, my dealer lives here. Yeah, um, yeah. just go pick up like a and also an you're of weed. you're fourteen, so you're not able to drive a car. So here, go pedal your scooter or bicycle. Go take the I don't light know. rail. <laughs> Figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah, 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 something like that. Oh God. She was sending her... Oh, okay. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, according to Haley, in 2001, Larry began drinking heavily. So, like I said before, he had a bit of an alcohol problem. Yes. But I guess it wasn't, like, that apparent until about 2001 when he started drinking heavily. And she said that there were long periods of time when he wouldn't come out of his room. And then... Haley was in the summer of 2001. Haley was sent to Maine for the summer to do like a to go to like a summer camp or summer boarding school or something. You know. Horse camp. Horse camp. What horse people do? I don't know. <laughs> they learn to trot around the ring and you know brush mm-hmm. horses. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And then one day, her mother and her were having a conversation. Wait, does the brother never come up again? Rarely. He's so not they're really- just. Not yeah, in con- no, just, contact with right. him. Not really. What the? I'm sure fu- she okay. like. I'm sure she makes phone calls every once in a while. But from what I read, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. There was nothing about her and her son. How do you do that? I I I don't. I have no idea. It doesn't okay. make any sense to me. Oh. But it kind of just goes to show the type of person she is. Her you know, character. She's mm-hmm. into herself basically, and what can be benefited. Right. So, like I said, one day her mom gives her a call and they're talking and just like, you know, normal. And Mm -hmm. she tells her that her and Larry are going to end their marriage and that he had decided he was going to go back to his religious sect in Washington. No. Not suspicious at all. No. (laughs) Very normal. Very regular. Mm. Everyone's got a religious sect they belong to in a different state. Like, we're all going to return to our religious (laughs) sects eventually. That's just how it is. Mm. Oh, God. Let's just say that Larry was last seen alive September 10th, 2001. During a ho- during a horse show, and <laughs> they're gonna say a hoedown. <laughs> a hoedown. No, no, I think it was just quarter horses. It was mm. a horse show at the City of Industry in Southern California. Just you know, not that I have to remind you, but September tenth is the day before September eleventh, two thousand. <laughs> what? So, no one was really looking for Larry after you know. Shit uh, was happening on September 11th. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for the reminder. Yeah. I don't have a calendar in front of me, Just so gonna p- put it out there. Really difficult for me. It's embarrassing for you. I know. <laughs> the first missing persons report was filed by actually a new employee of his law firm who was hired by Elisa. Mm-hmm. who became suspicious that she never met Larry and that Elisa and Sarah were misleading people about his whereabouts. So the law firm is still going on. Still going on. No one's met the boss. They're hiring. Yeah, she hired someone and they were like, oh, Larry is actually out of town dealing with a court case. She's in, like, look, um, wherever. Larry was a part-time volunteer firefighter <laughs> who happened to be in New York on September 10th. 
and we've just not seen him since. Yeah, yeah, no. No, luckily he was a lawyer, so she was able to be like, oh, he's actually at a court hearing in some other state or some other city dealing with this stuff. Um, Okay, the courage of this woman to do all these things. Like, I would be so terrified just, like, well, lying you're just going my ass about off your like day. that. There's no way you're taking court cases, right? Because you're not a lawyer. So you're just like, no, uh, no, oh, we have money. Oh, no. No, there <laughs> were definitely, uh, allegedly, there were definitely times when Elisa posed as a lawyer and took cases. What I mean, didn't go fuck? to court. Didn't go to court, obviously, but took the cases on while Larry was missing. Oh my God! What the fuck? And um, before anyone, before so before anyone actually reported him missing, Alisa and Sarah were still attending horse shows. Oh, good! I was worried that they weren't showing horses mm-hmm. anymore. Oh yes, they are just going and looking at horses all day. Mm. Between September and November, Alisa lost thirty pounds bleached her blonde hair even more blonde and started dressing younger speaking of oh speaking of (laughs) hair humblebee herbal has some amazing shampoo bars that you should totally check out okay that i mean make your hair nourished (laughs) humblebee herbal i just uh, the image of this woman i don't know was she like, did she have 30 pounds to lose? Like what? She looked fine to begin with, but you yeah. know, she could, whatever. And then, but people said that she started making herself look very similar to Sarah. They even Ew. started sounding alike. Ew. <laughs> like Sarah totally looked like some girl we went to high school with. Just like typical, oh, like uh-huh. blonde, like Sacramento, Sacramento girl, girl mm-hmm. you know, Riding like her very little beach cruiser <laughs> on the streets. Look, everyone had a beach cruiser that we went to school with. And I had, like, my mountain bike, and I was like, oh. That's because Sacramento is flat as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I needed all those gears, okay? (laughs) There were some hills. (laughs) There were no hills. (laughs) Look, that one hill on the bike trail was a monster to get up that fucking thing. Uh. Oh, God, you're making me cry. Uh, What is the age gap between Elisa and Sarah? I want to say, like, 15 years. Like, I feel like Elisa, I think Elisa was, like, in her 30s, like, later 30s, and Sarah was, like, early 20s. So you're trying to look like your young best friend. Right, but it's like, what the fuck? Like, are you trying to steal her identity? Or, like, what's going on? I don't know. It just seems weird. Like, why are you looking like Well, it seems like like she has identity issues. She already has, like, 40 different aliases. That's true. Well, you'll be happy to know at this point that both women got new fancy cars. Cute. Are they matching? Well, a little bit, because Elisa got a red Jaguar, and Sarah got a red BMW. So they matched in color. Cute. <laughs> they they also were they were using elaborate cover stories for people who called the law firm. At first, they were simply saying that Larry was not around or was making an out of town court appearance, like I said earlier. Right. Later, they explained his absence by saying that he was in rehab for his alcohol problem. Okay. They also said that he was in Costa Rica or he was living with a cult. So here's my thing, and I'm, like, not trying to give advice or anything, 
But <laughs> when you're like fucking rich and yeah. you murdered someone, leave the country, right? Like go somewhere <laughs> yeah. where they're not going to extradite you. Don't buy like the brightest car the you can buy. Cars. <laughs> Yeah, buy one for you and one for your, like, best friend slash I don't know what, but. Okay, buy cars and then drive to fucking South America where, like, find a country where they're not going to extradite you. What are you doing, you know? Well, she thinks she's smart. So smart that to fool Larry's family, she went so far as to invite them to a surprise party for him in December. She then called his one of his sons. So he's like, you know, in his late 50s um, before he disappeared. And he had like adult children. Right. Because he'd been married five times. Right. Yeah. So she called his adult son the day before the party was supposed to happen and canceled mm-hmm. saying that... Larry had to go out of town suddenly for a case. So great cover mm-hmm. and what a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the two of them had gotten around approximately half a million dollars from liquidating his business and forging checks and taking money from his savings. Elisa and Sarah. Elisa and Sarah. Mm-hmm. So they finally did shut the business down. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's just like with the cult. He's just not going to want to be a lawyer yeah. anymore. He's right. found Jesus. Oh. He's found Jesus. So he's he's okay. good. He's all good. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. need. Don't yep. need mm-hmm. to ask questions. Nah, no worries here. Nope. Well, in January, Elisa disappeared. <gasps> she traveled around the States for three weeks before settling in Destin, Florida, where she got herself not one. But two part-time jobs. What? Yep. <laughs> yep, that's right. She went to Florida and got some jobs. What? She, uh, her one, one of her jobs, she was waiting tables at an upscale restaurant. Why? What? Her second job was she was a clerical worker at a law office. Do law offices not do background checks? Because how is she able to get so many jobs? Because she's like, look how hot I am. Do you see how blonde my hair is? They're like, I need to work uh, here now. Do you have a resume? And she just stands up and twirls. And they're like, hired. <laughs> she's like, well, I worked at the last law office until mm. we had to close down because I embezzled. And then we started another law office and then had to close down because my husband disappeared. Uh-huh. And but I, I have, have great experience. references. <laughs> you can't call them because they're like in mm, rehab slash occult slash Costa Rica. So. Yes. Well, during this time, she was going by the alias Shane Ivoroni. Weird. <laughs> so I guess they're just like, don't look into anything when you're like, That's like need a job. I don't, I don't know, know how you do that. You just give them like I a fake know. name. What about all the other information they ask? Doesn't Maybe I'm going to try it. that sometime. Maybe I shouldn't admit yeah. that. <laughs> I'm just going to put a random I, name on like a job I'm application Shane and see what happens. I'm Shane Ivoroni <laughs> and I'm here to apply for this job. Good luck trying to look up my past. <laughs> like What? Yeah, this is so, the 2000s. Yeah, this is the two, early 2000s. Okay. Meanwhile, on February 6th, 2002, back in California, in a remote field in San Joaquin County, a vineyard worker saw part of a body sticking oh, out of the ground. No. Of course, it was the body of Larry McNabney. Oh. Police were like, what? Yeah. Where's his wife? She's missing. We got to find her. Yeah. So, suspect number one. 
They were able to trail her somehow to Florida. Look, you're in Florida. How hard is it to just go over to Cuba? You know? It's like right there. Uh, yeah. Just hop in the water. Take a swim. Like anywhere. Go anywhere. <laughs> nope. She didn't. She was in Destin, and they were on the lookout for her red jaguar. Oh, my God. What an idiot. <laughs> right? During this time, Elisa met a guy named Murphy, just like a casual... I thought you were going to say just like a cat. <laughs> like a cat. Yeah. Murphy the cat. Oh, Murphy. <laughs> he could have been a cat. I'm in my own little world over here. <laughs> like a cat in a suit. I don't know why a cat in a suit. Because <laughs> you only gave me the one name, I think. Okay, so I'm just like going to say, yeah. I don't think M- Murphy was not wearing a suit. I will just say that because... This article that I read decided to include, for yeah. zero reason other yes. to include, that the two of them had gone to a Kid Rock concert together at one point. So, <laughs> Look, guessing, that is no important. Suit. That is important. We know so much about him now because he went to a Kid Rock concert. What do you mean for no so, reason? I'm just saying it paints a picture and it it's does not paint a suit a picture. picture. It's not a great picture and it makes <laughs> It's not a great picture, but it's Florida, so, you know, Thank it's you pretty Florida. Thank you for providing Florida the information. Picture. Oh, he went to a Kid Rock concert in Florida. In Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With okay. this woman. Okay. Okay. Not judging, but. Mm. So, you know, they're kind of, so obviously, like, they're kind of hanging out, like, hooking up, dating. Doing, I don't know. Like, serious I'm not dates. sure. Yeah. Serious dates. They went to Kid a Kid Rock. Rock concert. Yeah. Well, one night, you know, they had dinner and a movie, and she slept over at his house. Ooh. And when he woke up in the morning, she was gone. As well as $600 and his truck. <laughs> but, but, she left him a note saying oh. she would return in a few days. And she left him the keys to her Jag. So romantic. She's like, tradesies for a couple days. Yeah, you know, so a little weird. But hey, he gets to drive this. I took this, your money, like, but whatever. <laughs> he gets to drive this brand new Jag around. So he's like, sick. So he drove to work and the police were like, what? That's the car we're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) So they were, they decided, so they started following that car around. Yeah. And they saw it go back to Murphy's house, obviously. So they staked out his house and it wasn't too long before they saw Elisa hanging out near a pool at a nearby apartment complex. Mm Hmm. I know. What? Why'd she come back? I don't know. What'd she do with the truck? Who knows? This crazy bitch. Anyway. Does she live next door? No. I have no idea. What? (laughs) Okay. Number one, that article could have been lying. Yeah. And number two, I don't know. I think that she just is so like, whatever. I just start my life over here. No one's going to catch me. Look. I I drive my brand new Jag around. But I'm like six times blonder. And I have a different name. And 30, t- 30 pounds lighter. And So her, she just left her other child then at this point, right? She, like, left her other child in Sacramento. No, like, she... So that... No, no. The, uh, the, the other child was in Maine. Oh. During the summer when she uh-huh. called her. And then she was like... And she's like, oh, I'm just not going to pick you up. <laughs> I think. Cool, because her... Your stepdad's she, you know, dead. She's and... from the East Coast. So I'm assuming, like, she went to her family or something i'm not 100 percent sure okay you've not seen them for like 10 years but here you go so on march 20th <laughs> 2002 <laughs> they they arrested her yeah obviously 
And then she almost immediately wrote a three-page confession. Okay. And she wrote that she... But it like, wasn't her fault, right? It's never her fault. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of her fault because she said <laughs> that she, she and Sarah had poisoned Larry with a horse tranquilizer, Ooh. drove to Yosemite National Park to bury him, uh-huh. but upon pulling him out of the trunk, realized he was still alive... Ooh. And Elisa said that she couldn't go through with burying him alive, so they packed yeah. him back up in the car and drove him home. Uh-huh. He died the next day at his home after receiving more tranquilizer injections, and they basically just poured the tranquilizer in his mouth. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I thought she was going to be like, "Look, he was an alcoholic. He was super abusive." Um, I like left his ass. I don't know what happened or like he tried to attack me and I like fought back. But if it's like that case where it's like self-defense, then wouldn't you just like leave the body there and be like (laughs) self-defense? It's self-defense except for all the traceable uh, horse tranquilizer in his body. It's like so (laughs) dope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you well, kill him in a different way. She, like, well, not so. Not look, so I'm not going to plan this murder no, for I, you. I'm just going to tell you that you are not 100% wrong. She did say that she was in an abusive relationship and, wa- mm-hmm. and was trying to get out at one point. Okay. But she did admit that her and Sarah. That's what I'm really surprised. Him. Okay. What is she thinking? How are you going to get out of that? You, like, wrote it down for the police. So they go off to Yosemite. They're like, yeah. oh, he's not dead. They put him back in the car. He dies in the house. They ended up putting him in a, they said refrigerator, but I'm praying that it like was a, a freezer, freezer because that yeah. is not right. <laughs> um, yeah. That They put him in a freezer for from September to December. Holy shit. Just, like, what and do we do with him? What do we do with him? And then at one point... Elisa said that she put his body in her car uh-huh. and drove to Las Vegas and then she proceeded to gamble and party while hunting for a place to bury him. Ew, no. <laughs> Ew, well, he's like defrosting in your car in fucking Las Vegas, a desert? Like, what? Well, you know, this is during, this is like How December, are you gonna go so drink it's not and gamble. Hot. How are you going to go drink and gamble with a dead body in your car? Well, I'll tell you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> From personal experience. <laughs> whenever, I have a, <laughs> whenever I have a popsicle body in my like, car. Like, if you're a good bluffer, you're a good bluffer. Bodies in your car or cards, either way. That's true. Mm. <laughs> While in custody... Obviously, Elisa implicated Sarah in Larry's death because she was like, oh, they they, had, they didn't even know that she could have been involved. Yeah, what a bitch. She was just like, oh, yeah, I did that. And also, this other girl did Look, stuff, too. Look, my friend too. was involved, too. It wasn't just me. <laughs> what a And bitch. then, after she provided this three-page confession, mm-hmm. she went ahead and, on Easter Sunday, hung herself. <gasps> in the In jail? She hung herself in the waiting in the the waiting room, <laughs> the holding cell, <laughs> on Easter Sunday. What? And then, of course, she proceeded to rise from the dead and began granting wishes in the forms of eggs and chocolates. Oh my God! Was she Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> but she killed herself before going to trial. What so, a bitch! Wah wah! What a bitch! 
Okay. Okay. So her confessing yeah. makes more sense then because she was already planning. She was like, I was caught. So I'm going to drag this other bitch down with me. Oh. And then I'm not going to suffer any consequence. Oh. Okay. In her cell, they found a seven page letter that she had written to her attorney. Uh, part of the letter was asking him to file a lawsuit against Hernando County in Florida, where she was being held in protective custody, waiting mm-hmm. extradition to California. Mm-hmm. She said that they were supposed to check on her every 15 minutes, and that didn't happen. So it's their fault? Yeah, and that there was a log that these people were supposed to be filling out when they checked her, and so that she was like, check the log. I can guarantee that no one filled it out so that you can have that like evidence Guess what? They can do it retroactively. They're going to write it in. <laughs> what? She killed um, herself because no one was checking up on her? Well, I mean, you know, that's her excuse, but that's woman. not why. She said that she wanted him to file a lawsuit and that any money that he won, she wanted to go to her children okay. because she said that this is all she could give her children. Okay. She... I mean, on the one hand, I feel like she was such a shitty mom. At least she was trying in the end to, like, <laughs> look out for them financially. I don't know. Maybe. What the fuck? This, yeah, this woman's, like, an enigma. I don't even... She? Yeah, she's got something going on. Yeah. Throughout, throughout her 36-year life, Elisa racked up 118-page rap sheet... Whoa. A 118-page a rap sheet, numerous mm-hmm. fraud and burglary convictions, and would have been charged with a special circumstance of murder for financial gain had she been brought back to San Joaquin County. She could have faced the death penalty. Yeah, and then her kids would have gotten nothing. Yeah. She wrote, uh, her, she wrote her lawyer, she said, I think we both know that it doesn't matter what kind of man Larry was. We murdered him, she wrote. Yeah. Of course I should spend the rest of my life in prison. Sarah should too. What? I wish I could. I know. Like, what, what a bitch. Such a bitch. She said, I wish I could change what happened, but I can't. But also Sarah did it. And then in a weird turn of events in the yeah. letter, Elisa also expressed feelings for her attorney and Whoa. said that when, she, when he had represented her on a parole violation 10 years ago, her feeling uh-huh. like her feelings began and they had never gone away. She fuck? called him physically beautiful and mm. stunning on the inside. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, she's a charmer. What if someone told you that? Wouldn't you swoon immediately? <laughs> Look, well, you're stunningly I mean, beautiful, see, and is, I mean, you're physically beautiful and stunning on the inside. Charming, but her attorney said that Elisa never expressed any of those thoughts to him during their meetings yeah, and described her as distraught. She also included in the letter in talking about, so she was talking about her daughter Haley being like, she's a beautiful person, you, and she said, she won't have me anymore. I think you should consider becoming her guardian. I'm certain the my lawyer? parents. The lawyer? Yes. What she the said, fuck? I'm certain my parents would understand. You could protect her. Will you please make sure she knows how much I adore her? Will you try to make her understand that I cannot put her through having a mother in prison for life or worse, a mother on death row? It would be so unfair for her to have to carry that burden. Okay. So like, wow, what a martyr. Does she mention her son at all? 
Well, she says like chill. You know, she's like, I want my children to have. She said she wants. But like, then she goes have on and go. on about how wonderful her daughter is and how she like found a new guardian for the daughter. So in the letter, she was like on and on about her daughter, and then yeah. she did. She did say, "I'm sure my son is like just as good. I just don't know him." <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault I never got to know my own son, but, like, he couldn't fit in the car. He just couldn't fit in the car. I mean, it's not my fault. Look, you can't. uh, mm -mm. And he's a whiner. Haley called shotgun. There was no extra room. That's true. I'm sure he was chill, but I'll never know. (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. And uh, you may ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Where is Sarah during yes, this time? Yes, what happened to Sarah? I was just going to ask well, that. Sarah was off in Florence, Italy, studying art. She Hi. got a semester in Italy. Yeah. But then, you know, as soon as she came home, she was arrested. Because <laughs> Elisa was like, this uh, bitch. That's why you don't go be, home. You know, don't go You're home. You're already Never in Europe. Home. Stay. Do some research. Find somewhere else and to then, live. It's the best food in Europe. Like, where are you going to go? You I mean, I'd stay in Italy. If, yeah. Eat, eat, eat. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you don't want to get in trouble with Italian police because they're super intense. Oh, yeah. They're scary. Don't do they're that. They're super scary. <laughs> Perhaps go to Portugal or somewhere. Not that we're advising where to go. Don't tell people about Portugal. That's a, oh, that's a good thing. No. Don't. That's our place. Okay. <clears throat> uh, anyway. So she's arrested, you know. Uh, prosecutors say that she was willingly led into slaying by Elisa. Sarah, they say, was in awe of Elisa and How relished the... How could they the... prove that she was even involved in it, though? You know, I didn't find much evidence at all in this case. Yeah. I'm just gonna say. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because also, there's some kind of law... Shows how smart I am about law. There's some kind of law during this time, and perhaps now that, like, if you're, that doesn't make any sense. But like, for some reason during this time, her, um, Elisa's confession being like Sarah's part of it, yeah, couldn't be involved in Sarah's trial because it like, well, because she couldn't testify because Elisa couldn't testify to it, right? I would, I would suppose that would be right. Yeah, it's hearsay. Yeah, you can't. Ask and she her just about wrote, it. Yeah, she right. just wrote this and then killed herself. So there's no corroborating. Anything. So I'm not exactly sure what the evidence was. Yeah. Well, I mean, evidence maybe of her like you know defrauding clients and stuff when they shut down the business. Right. Maybe, yeah. but she didn't get maybe. charged for that, so I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but Sarah's parents described her like that her daughter came home the night after Larry disappeared, and she mm-hmm. was super frenzied. And they were surprised by her daughter's behavior. She never really acted like weird, <laughs> very like agitated. And, and also it was the night of September 11th and she wasn't, oh. she wasn't agitated about the events happening in uh, the East coast. Mm-hmm. She was like, and also it said that her brother was working like in New York during that time. So her parents were very concerned about her brother's safety yeah. and everything, but she yeah. didn't seem like she was concerned about any of that. So that would have been a good excuse. For that would have been be such concerned. a good cover. Yeah. <laughs> but her parents were like, all she wanted was her dog and she wanted, she yeah. was acting really weird and just very uh, out of, out well, of Well, let's assume that she's like 
you know, an actually human being with like a conscience. Right. So it could right. have been that she was just like super freaked out about what happened and like, you know. And like I, I don't wanna that. I mean, yeah, your brother's over there. That's super concerning for sure. At the same time, like I don't think you know, being younger and um the towers going down over on the east coast, like it didn't you know, you don't really have like we didn't see the towers every day, you know? I didn't even know what they were, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was well, like super and intense also, and super tragic and all that, but it didn't hit quite as hard for people who don't live have people that, that work there. Yeah. And I don't want to sound yeah. like insensitive. Maybe it's no, just because I was, was young like, and I just didn't understand no, like mean, what was happening. I I don't know. Like I, I I tried to put myself in her shoes because according to her parents, she was like a lovely child. Like never had any run-ins with the law. Never. Like, had any problems in school, graduated fine, got good grades, was yeah. a, good, a good student. And, yeah. you know, she's, she's like, 21 when Larry went missing. And I, could, I just remember being 21. And, you know, if someone's, like, I mean, I'm not saying if someone was, like, kill my husband and we're going to get a bunch <laughs> of money, like, okay. let's do it. But, you know, when you're that age and you're just, like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing. Or, like, oh, like. You're definitely, oh, like, this super influenced. Is, and, and this person is older than me and my boss and telling me that, like, to do these things. Or I, I'm not sure exactly what her involvement was because, like I said, I couldn't find any actual evidence. Right. So if your boss is, like drive that car over in that area. Oh, this is my husband's body. We got to pull him out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit. Now I'm like part of this, you know, like regardless. Yeah. It could have been a total surprise, but then it's like, well, I can't go tell because then they're going to think that I'm part of it kind of a thing. Yeah. And then at least it sounds like super manipulative. So you're just like, definitely. What do you do? Then again, she like goes off to Italy. So it's kind of like, uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah, like maybe running away from your problems, but like, but it's also one of those things like if you if if it's a study abroad program for a semester and you applied for it the semester before <laughs> you just got to go. <laughs> I mean, you're in school like I don't know, I'll don't come back know. to this work issue later. <laughs> I got my schooling to do. Well, and the other thing is like if this woman killed her husband, like could she kill me? Like Yeah. Could she like stick a needle in me and then all of a sudden I'm dead? Probably. Well, Sarah's mom testified that she thought that Sarah was afraid of Elisa and that Elisa was trying to control Sarah. Yeah, but Elisa was super terrifying to be around. But Haley, who was also involved in their lives, testified that that wasn't true, that she'd never saw Mm. Sarah afraid of her mom at all. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah. Sarah's yeah, but then again, da- like, are you going to act terrified of your boss in front of her daughter? You know? Probably not. Probably not. You're probably going to try and keep it professional. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Well, her da- her dad, uh, Mark, Sarah's dad, Mark, testified that he also received a... He had received a phone call on September 11th from a Texas car dealer who said that a check written by Sarah Dutra to buy a BMW had bounced and that the dealer would pursue grand theft auto charges against her if he didn't get the car back. Elisa, who had no legitimate identification of her own, put the car in Sarah's name. Mm -hmm. 
she, I don't think Sarah knew that the car was in her name. She was just like, I bought, we're going to buy these cars. Like we right. got all this money from Larry. And then Sarah was just like, I'm going to write this in your name. And then, yeah. So that's fun. At the hearing, Deputy Public Defender Keith Arthur said Sarah went along with Elisa's actions because she was also a victim and was manipulated by the 36-year-old woman. That's a good defense. He said, until then, like I said earlier, Sarah had no criminal record. Right. And Elisa's was very long. Yeah. Well, also, like, she... Like, if this 30-whatever-year-old woman manipulated a lawyer into marrying her, even though she, like, embezzled from his clients and destroyed his business, she's got to be, like, pretty manipulative. Yeah. How do you accomplish that? You got to have an IQ of 140 and be able to I mean, just, really, like, give me a list of, like, minds. steps to take because I don't understand at all. I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't know. But it worked for her for a bit. I mean, I feel like that's um, a really good defense, though. That's what I would have done. Yeah. He also talked about Larry's alcoholism and alluding that he might have been volatile. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, that she was basically conned by... Elisa, he said, she is secondary victim of one of the most evil people this court will ever see. Ooh. She was a coward, and because of that, Larry died. Yeah. But Sarah Dutra said she accompanied the McNabneys to the horse show, and then she saw Elisa McNabney wheel her apparently intoxicated husband in a wheelchair, like from the horse race to their truck. Did he normally use a wheelchair? I didn't find anywhere that he normally used a wheelchair, so I don't know why they were wheeling around a wheelchair. He's like 58 or something at this time, so I don't know Weird. in what why, but okay. somehow they had a wheelchair and Sarah says that she saw him, she saw her Elisa load him into a red truck and then drive away with him. Mm-hmm. And then 20 minutes later, Elisa returned without her husband. And then, like, weirdly, the next day, Elisa asked a Southern California horse trainer named Casey Devitt if he wanted her husband's ostrich skin boots, hats, and show clothes, and then just left them in a tack room for Devitt to collect. The next day. Yeah, basically. She was like, oh, I got all these fancy clothes that my husband's not going to wear anymore. You want them? Also, I'm just going to leave them in this room. You don't have to say yes or no. So Sarah's defense is she didn't do any of it. But yeah. Okay. And you might have asked yourself, (laughs) where, (laughs) where did she, (laughs) where would they have gotten horse tranquilizers? Well. Horse people. (laughs) Apparently, the drug, <laughs> uh, which is obviously used to calm horses, dogs, and cats, according to a veterinary source, uh-huh. was pretty widely available uh, uh-huh. around horse people because it was helpful <laughs> it was for so much fun. <laughs> preventing jittery animals and s- muscle spasms and, you know, just doing what? a little horse tranquilizer. Why are horses getting jittery and muscle spasms? I don't know. What? I don't know. I feel like Apparently, if that's happening to your horse, there's just like, like <laughs> get it there's fixed. Just like syringes, that syringes all along the stables, and, and anyone that's getting jittery or muscle twitchy, just also poke them in what the- these horses are like. What? 
Okay. I'm, I don't know. Mm. We both admitted we know nothing about horses. That's true. So sure. we're just going to trust that this is what horse people do. They just <laughs> tranquilize their horses whenever they get jittery. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if your horse is jittery, there's something else going on that you probably should deal with. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Maybe see a like counselor first. Restless uh, leg syndrome. Yeah, like a or... horse counselor or like a horse... <laughs> Uh, uh, a physical counselors. therapist or yeah, a the horse, horse masseuse. Is the counselor. You know, the horse is the counselor. They have those. <laughs> <laughs> they have those. It's called, like, hor- it's called equine therapy or whatever. Ooh, that sounds mm-hmm. fancy. Yeah. Well, anyway, the only really, the only evidence they had was Haley's testimony. And Haley... Of what? Took- of Are you going to tell me? Uh, well... Did you already tell me? Haley took the stand and said how she and her mother, Elisa and Sarah would sign Larry's name on checks after he Mm -hmm. disappeared. And because she was 17 at the time, when the forging began, the judge granted her immunity in exchange for testifying in the case. So I feel like that's just proof of like, like fraud, right? Right, right. Right. That's not proof of, like, any murder. Yeah, no, there's no, like, real evidence that I could find that actually... But I'm not a detective. I don't know. Well, clearly none of them were either. What were they doing? They didn't find shit. Didn't did they do an autopsy? Shit. Like, did he have horse tranquilizers well, yes. in his system? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but one person could administer those. Exactly. But I think, you know, because the car was in her name and Yeah, but that bitch was like a liar. (laughs) I'm not saying it implicates her for murder murder at all. It not for murder. Not for murder. It just says for like maybe a little steely, but not a murder. Yeah, not (laughs) murder. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe she is like just as evil. I don't know, but I just don't feel it. It's like all those other cases where I just don't, if I was on the jury, I would just be like, what's the Mm -hmm. proof? Mm-hmm. There's way too much reasonable doubt, like way too much. Yep. Well, um, Larry's family spoke about the effect that Sarah's actions had on them because, of course, the other woman, Elisa, died. So they have they have to like. So that's the thing. The only reason they're even looking at her is because Elisa was like, oh, she did it, she too. Did it. And then Elisa's yep. daughter, who's probably been like manipulated and lied to mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever, because that's her mother is like, yeah, she was part of it. But it's like. What? Well, Larry's family. Wasn't she gone? Wasn't she out of the state when it happened? Yeah. So she wouldn't know. I don't know. Well, Larry's family said, every day we sat in court, you would smile and wave at your dad, showing no respect or remorse for Mm. this unthinkable act. But then it's like you said, if she didn't actually do it, why would you show remorse? There's like... If you didn't do it. You right. Know? I mean, it's not great to be like smiling and waving <laughs> on your murder <laughs> trial, but. <laughs> Just imagine like princess waving like to the whole jury. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a good look. Uh, this isn't the beauty pageant, proves, darling. <laughs> I don't think it proves like guilt, but it's just not, you know, not the smartest right. thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
his daughter also said, even when they showed pictures of our dad with body parts sticking out of the ground Ooh. or videotapes would describe when the two, what the two of you did to our dad. Uh Oh, I didn't finish the copy paste. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but basically it was bad. They were like, you weren't showing any kind of like, basically she was just like smiling and like not reacting the right way. So here's, Here's what I want to say. I understand that, like, jury duty is your, like, civic duty or whatever, and everyone hates it and whatever. If you're going to go to court and they're going to show you, like, disturbing pictures, they should provide you with a therapist afterwards <laughs> because that's, like, so traumatizing. And they're like, well, this is your duty to be, like, traumatized for life over these images. It's your it's duty. Like, uh, no, that is your duty to get me mental health help, please. Yikes. Yeah? Good I don't want to go see, like, pictures of a dude's body parts and, like... No, thank you. <laughs> Nightmares. Yes. And then see like some bitch laughing and I mean, yeah, like laughing and waving at her parents. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> this is wonderful. Just imagining her in like a pageant gown waving with like a tiara and then like there's just like videos of like dead a sash people. that says defendant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man. <laughs> That would be crazy. In 2003, a San Joaquin County Superior Court jury found Sarah Dutra guilty of voluntary how? manslaughter. How? <laughs> I have no idea how. And being an accessory to murder for her role in the death of Larry McNabney. I mean, I feel like the most you could get would be like an accessory, but even that is a stretch. Yeah, and she was sentenced to the maximum of 11 years. How? I don't know. I don't get it. I like, don't know. I don't have any idea what the evidence they used was. Because you said that she like testified at her own trial. Yeah. But it didn't sound like it went badly. No, I think that it was basically like, yeah, he died. I might have been there. I didn't do anything, but I was there the last time I saw him, and then they were, and then they, they were like, "We need to blame someone." I don't know. Yeah, I just, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Well, on August twenty sixth, two thousand eleven, after serving a little more than eight years, Sarah Dutra was released from the Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla. Wow. And she was on active parole for three years. Typically. Parolees are released to their the county of the last place they were a residence, mm -hmm. which in Sarah's case would have been Sacramento County, mm -hmm. but her attorney requested her to be paroled to Solano County so that she could be close to her family and have okay. family, you know, strong family and stable housing and stuff. I mean, I'm just so surprised they went for murder and they didn't go for like fraud and forgery and stuff, but I guess they knew what they were doing because they won, but I just... Well, it was, it was manslaughter. It was... Um, well, I just feel like they had a way stronger case for, like, fraud. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they I won, but I just don't understand how they... I just don't understand. Like, I don't get it. But okay. I don't know. Twelve people sat there and listened to all that and were like, she did it. So then she got to keep, like, her million dollars, right? No, she actually was... Uh, had to pay back around... $170,000 to the clients of the law office that got mm -hmm. defrauded. Okay. They don't know where the rest of the money is. She spent it in Italy. What? 
I don't know. I wonder what she's doing right now. Do you think she's in Vacaville? I don't. I mean, wow. The end? Like, wow. Basically, that's all the information I have. Yeah, the end. So I just, like, I'm really hung up on, like, the daughter testifying against her. Like, I just feel like... I just feel like Elisa really had her daughter, like, around her little finger. You know, like, I think that she really fucked her up. Yeah, I mean, I think she had both her daughter and um, Sarah wrapped around her finger. Yeah, and clearly the husband. Like, why would you testify? Like, what? I just, you, like, weren't there. I don't know. Except for they were probably like, we're going to charge you for, like, forgery or fraud or whatever because you were signing, you know, your stepdad's name, too, if you don't, like, turn on her or whatever. Yeah, they were. But then that pro- that doesn't prove murder. Like, I don't understand. That doesn't prove murder nope. or manslaughter. No, I, I really, uh, I wish that I had more information because there must have been something that they said or had evidence of that I couldn't find. Well, I feel like clearly they just didn't like her. <laughs> I really think that they wanted someone to blame also. Yeah. And yeah. That, and Elisa was like, you know, the real target, but right. she eliminated that. And then they were like, well, this the woman was implicated and yeah. the daughter says she did it. And like, she's guilty of all this other stuff. So why wouldn't she? I have no idea what the actual evidence was. Wow. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. A tossed salad, a scrambled egg. The tossed salad. A tossed salad and the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. Right, so the tossed salad has more components, the person is able to compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong, and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind, they're all kinds of mixed up, there's no focus, they're disorganized. I'm gonna say Elisa was definitely a tossed salad. I don't know though, she like killed herself in the end, like I don't know, she's... Because I think it was just, like, the biggest just fuck you. Because then her telling her lawyer, look into this other thing, was just another, like, well, I'm still going to be here, but, like, I'm in still this in control other of everything. Yeah, I'm still, yeah, still going to, like, fuck with everyone by yeah. filing this lawsuit, and you guys have to deal with my dead body. Ha ha. Well, and it's then, not like they're going to charge her and for the murder. Well, and then even if she got, yeah, because if she got they're charged charge with the murder, she's going to have to sit in prison. Yeah. She's not going to do that. No. Right. And she's obviously not going to do well in court. And she's got to create some kind of drama. So she's, yeah, get someone right. else in trouble for her. Well, and if she can like sue the county and be like, yeah, like the last fuck you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Toss. <laughs> Tossed salad. Tossed salad. And the other mm. one, I don't know. Like, maybe there's more information about her. But, like, as far as I can see, I feel like she was young and got wrapped up in something that she didn't yep. even, you know. Like, if you're being given gifts or whatever at that young, you're just like, oh, thanks. Like, I must be, like, really a special and person. Like I was saying earlier, if it's your boss or, yeah. like, 
you're higher up at work and yeah. you are you're fr- you think you're friends with them because you're like oh we're cool we get along she, like, gets me cool gifts and things and she's and... manipulating you into yeah. thinking that you guys are best friends so yeah. you're like oh okay my life is getting pretty good i don't know if you're just asked to drive a car somewhere or i don't we don't know what her but actual who knows involvement if she was, was yeah if she was even part of any of it like yeah so uh she definitely was part of getting money illegally from clients and crazy like, people. I feel like I've heard that story, but I didn't know that it was Sacramento based. Crazy. Okay, so here's mine. And it's a little short, but I was just so like after doing last week's and after everything that's been happening in the news and all that, I was, like, so bogged down and, like, overwhelmed. I was like, I can't do anything, like, serious this time. So yes. <laughs> in the spirit of October and Halloween, which is my favorite holiday. Best holiday ever. Uh, a bit of a, like, halloween theme welcome to October story. Yeah. Okay. So back to my story. So I got information from a site called KT ktransit.com uh, Oh, I has... forgot to list my sources. God oh, damn it. What are your sources? I'll list them on the No, I'll just list them on the website okay. thing. It's fine. Go ahead. Well, by now people know we're like getting all this information from other people. Yeah, it's not us. <laughs> uh hudsonvalleypost.com, nypost.com and wikipedia for a bit. Okay. Okay. At 1 La Vida Place in Nyack, New York, on the Hudson River, sits a Queen Anne Victorian home. Ooh, yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. The house was built in 1890. It's, mm-hmm. well, it was 4,600 square feet with Ooh. 15 rooms. <gasps> it had five <laughs> bedrooms and guest quarters and three and a half baths. And oh the God. house had three levels. Plus a full basement and attic. Ugh, dream. A dream. A dream. Oh my god, that sounds so, amazing. Sign me up. Yeah, immediately. I will move in right away. Mm-hmm. A couple named Helen and George Ackley bought the house in the late 1960s. At that time, the house had been vacant and was in disrepair. Which, a dream, right? Yes. Like, fixing up an fixer, old Victorian... Fixer-upper, haunted Victorian dream house. Amazing. Yes. That's my so, dream. as they were moving in, the neighborhood kids would, like, come by and be like, your house is haunted. And they're like, whatever, mm-hmm. we're Fuck moving yeah. in. So, they moved in with their four children, and they... So, even before the family moved in, according to Helen... A plumber working in the basement reported hearing footsteps on the floor above him when no one else was in the house. Dope. On windless days, light cords would swing for no apparent reason and then stop in mid-swing, defying gravity. Oh, my God. (laughs) And apparently a set of French doors was also known to burst open for no apparent reason. Guests of the family were often surprised when windows would slide open on their own. And, of course, the ubiquitous voices and ghostly footsteps were reported. Mm. Linda Zimmerman is a ghost hunter, and she assists 
Oh, and she asserts that the Nyack is the most haunted village in the most haunted county in New York State. She attributes hmm. the ghoulish gridlock to an upheaval that had beset the region where an indigenous population with thousands of years of habitation was displaced by waves of Dutch and British settlers and the military campaigns and practice of African slavery that happened there. I mean, so that's a lot of shit's gone down in New York. Energy. <laughs> that's yeah. a whole lot of yucky, yucky. Yeah. So, and... like, New York, obviously, like, all over the United States, obviously, the shit with, like, indigenous people just being um, yes. exterminated, <laughs> like, yes. murdered, just destroyed, their culture being destroyed. <sighs> but New York State, especially in this area, I guess they have, like, They've had some shit happening. Hmm. So, according to Zimmerman... So, so this yeah. person thinks it's, like, the land, like, not specifically the house that's haunted, but, like... No, this area that is, whole like, town extremely is haunted. haunted. Okay. Oh, my yeah. God, I want to go there. Yes, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, totally. Um, And, the ha- like, this house is gorgeous, and it's, like, right on the river. It Like, the back of the house is right on oh the river. So, you God. have, like, your backyard and just, like, look out to, like, oh, the river. Please tell me it's for sale. <laughs> it was not that long. Okay, we'll get into like uh, it, whatever. Okay. So, uh, she says that a haunting occurs when a spirit is trapped due to some tragedy or an unresolved issue that is preventing them from letting go and moving on. Mm-hmm. Terrytown is directly across the river from uh, Nyack, and just outside of Terrytown is Sleepy Hollow. Ooh, spooky! Yeah, so the whole area is just super, super uh, haunted. Like Halloween town. Yeah, and if you don't know what Sleepy Hollow is, that's like the headless horseman and all that creepy shit. So, George, the husband, died in 1978 at the age of 53 after heart surgery. He didn't die in the home or anything, but there was a death in the home mm-hmm. when. A dinner guest who was like young and healthy otherwise died from a brain aneurysm. Oh God. But you know what? what? I say of the ways to go, an aneurysm. No. Not so bad. You're just gone. <gasps> no, that's my nightmare. Because there's no there's nothing to you know, it happens to like young yeah, people. Yeah, but if it happens to you no warning. But here's what I'm no. saying is for you as the person that's dying, you're not you don't suffer. I understand that. You're but having it's a so great tragic. time and it's tragic for everyone else, but for you, it's like you're have you're doing whatever you're doing, and then you're gone. If I so had never so learned bad. that brain aneurysms were a thing, I would have been so much happier in my life. <laughs> okay, they're not a thing. Okay, cool, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so scary. Okay, you can die at any time. I mean, you really yeah, but can, you but know. like, oh. Exactly, you could die of anything at any time. Yeah, so, you can. Life at least is too it's not short. Painful. Life you is so go. short, everyone. Just be nice to each other and stop being, like, greedy and shit, you know? Yes. Stop <sighs> Just doing stop all it. this weird, stop gross it. shit. There's enough for us all to have plenty. Okay. I'm not going to get into it. I chose this story to not get into it. Okay. So the house <laughs> the house seemed to be haunted by three ghosts. Ooh. The ghosts included a woman in a red cloak who was often cool. witnessed descending the stairs. Nice. A sailor in a powdered wig. Oh, God, nope. That is cre- a powdered <laughs> wig. Come on. Mm-mm. Nope. 
No. I'm fine and... with the gown coming down. The st- nope. Powdered wig. I'm out. And an elderly man who was often seen levitating four feet off the floor in the living room. Uh, that's a little high. You might get, get down a little bit. <laughs> what, you think you're it's better dangerous. than me? You think you're no, above dan- me? Look, it's dangerous for an older man to be up so high. <laughs> I'm concerned. But mostly I'm concerned about this powdered wig. <laughs> yeah, it you don't like that disgusting. one. No, I don't. Uh, it reminds me of clowns. I don't like it. There's powder. You're whitening your face. You're drawing moles wig? on. I don't like it. Clowns don't wear powdered wigs. They wear, like, colorful wigs. No, but if you have a powdered wig, 100% of the time, you're going to powder your face. You're going to have powder 100% everywhere. 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too white. Yeah. Very white. Yeah. And very, very like, very clown-esque. Yeah. Kind of dusty, too. Dusty. So, Mm. Helen believed that all three spirits were from the Revolutionary War era. And Mm. one... Their outfits say, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if we're judging based on fashion, (laughs) it's a little dated. Yikes. (laughs) So, one ghost would wake up Helen's daughter, Cynthia, every morning for school before her alarm was set to go off by shaking her bed. (laughs) Dude, ghost alarms. That's the best. You never yeah. have to change the battery. You don't have Dude, to worry that would have been a way nicer way out. to wake up than dad being like, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Get and up, stealing your get blankets. Up. Get up, get up. Get up. <laughs> Flashing the lights. Yeah, God yeah. Damn it. I would have much <laughs> rather had a ghost shake my bed for me to wake up. You're just like the entire bed is shaking and it's like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful morning. (laughs) Thank you, ghost. (laughs) Always looking out. (laughs) So Cynthia said that when spring break came along and she was like, dude, I don't want to wake up to your like ghost shaking. I'm not, I don't have to get up early. (laughs) So she like announced loudly. She's like, look, it's spring break. I don't have to wake up early and I'm going to sleep in. And then the next day her bed didn't shake and it didn't shake at all during (gasps) spring break. (gasps) Sick. Okay. This yeah. Guy's chill so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're just looking out I'm for down. her. I'm down. There was also a pair of ghosts that would waltz in her room. Oh. <laughs> I mean, chill, uh, right? That's cool. Uh, it, it depends so romantic. on what you're trying to accomplish in your room, and then all of a sudden there's waltzing happening. <laughs> Excuse me, God, you're in my way. <laughs> Can you dance somewhere else? God damn it. You're like doing yoga on your floor and then they just start waltzing through you. God damn it. (laughs) Get out of here. Your powder is falling everywhere. I just vacuumed. (laughs) Fuck. You're sneezing and coughing from all the powder. (laughs) Uh, One of the ghosts appeared one day when Helen was painting. And she said that he was sitting in midair watching me paint the ceiling in the living room, rocking back and forth. No, I don't like that. Uh, and <laughs> she said, I was on an eight-foot stepladder. I asked if he approved of what we were doing to the house, if the colors were to his liking. He smiled and he nodded his head. Ew. He approved. I'm not really too into apparitions, like visually. Like you could do, like knock, shake my bed, whatever. But I would I really see them. I don't want to see a powdered wig and then people <laughs> sitting there watching me as I'm doing shit, and then like waltzing in my room, literally waltzing. 
it's in like, my room. It's like the haunted house at Disneyland. Yeah, that's I would cute. rather just... No, I would rather hear them waltzing and <laughs> No, that's hear way them. creepier. Because you don't know who's there. You don't know if it's like a creepy ghost or like a mean ghost as opposed to just some people who are like dancing. I would no. much rather see them. You, They could tell you. I don't know what's creepy, creepy knocking. We're <laughs> here to tell you. No way am I trusting <laughs> that shit. They could lie. They're ghosts. They can lie. I don't have to be truthful with you. You don't think there's some kind of truth code amongst ghosts? Hell no. No, they're those evil ghosts that just fuck with you. Those aren't ghosts. Those are demons. What's the difference? Ghosts are no, usually just... No, because there are those ghosts. I don't know. If <laughs> Let's like battle things that we have no proof of. and no, there's. <laughs> what about poltergeists? They like fuck with you, right? Demons. They're demons? Yeah, they're the baddies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep track. Okay. I've oh shoot. I've never met any of them. Knock on wood. Oh my no, god, where's the I wood? Don't... Over here. Okay. <laughs> the whole thing Although, is made out of wood. I All I see is wood behind you. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, I kinda do want to meet a ghost, but not a scary one. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers, okay? Shit. <laughs> so, Helen said that the ghosts were always gracious, thoughtful, only occasionally frightening, and thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> it's like once a month I like scream and shit myself. But at least it's but not every day. But for the most part day. they're entertaining, so. <laughs> she also said, our ghosts have continued to delight us. <laughs> That's cool. I want to be like, I want to live in a house with ghosts that you can like cohabitate with. Yeah. They sound But don't come chill. waltzing in my room with your powder and shit. <laughs> Keep it to your own area. I think they got it. I get, think they get it. <laughs> uh, their son said that he saw another ghost who was a Navy lieutenant uh, during the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. And the ghosts were around, but apparently they were never scary, scary or violent. In fact, they would give the family gifts. Oh, cool. Some of the grandchildren got baby rings, which I don't know what a baby ring is, but like uh, everything I saw said baby rings. And Baby rings? And Cynthia Are those got... those... You know how when I was a baby and I was real fat and I had those rings <laughs> on my arm? They just appear you on your arm. Like, <laughs> you think I was touched by a ghost? You know what? When I was really little and I'd see baby pictures of you, I thought that they put like rubber bands on your arm <laughs> because your arms were so chunky, but they had those like rolls. <laughs> how dare you? I those are didn't, my. I didn't understand. Those how are that my would ghost happen. marks. <laughs> I have never seen another baby with arms like that. Those are- my baby rings from the ghosts. How <laughs> oh. <laughs> dare you? You were blessed at a young age. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you think that, though? Like, get pictures of you? No! Baby? How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I've never seen it before or since. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Name one baby who has rings like that. Well, other babies... I can't name a baby. I don't know babies by name. name. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so baby rings. 
Uh, the daughter, Cynthia, I think it was Cynthia, got a gift of small silver sugar tongs one time. And then <laughs> their son got some coins. But all of huh. these gifts would suddenly appear and then they'd like disappear randomly. How convenient. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cynthia's boyfriend also experienced some weird things. He said that the first incident happened on Christmas Eve. He said, I was home alone due to various activities. I was playing Christmas Elf in the living room, putting gifts together. <laughs> I was playing Christmas Elf. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was totally quiet in the house. After a while, I kept hearing a muffled conversation coming from the dining room around the wall. I would get up and walk over, and nobody was there. I felt like I was oh, being shit. watched. I had purposefully turned on every light in the surrounding rooms. I was getting nervous. Then my future brother-in-law suddenly pounded on the door, making me jump out of my skin, and the talking oh, stopped. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I wonder if it was that creepy. waltzing couple. Yeah, they are probably just like, what is this dude doing in our fucking house? Like, he's not cool. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah, if that was actually their house. and Ooh, yeah. Um, the second incident happened, he said, it happened in our bedroom on the third floor. It was a clear, dark night. Sin had already fallen asleep, and I was drifting. Then I heard the bedroom door creak and the floorboard squeak. My back was to the edge of the bed. Suddenly, the edge of the bed by my midsection depressed down, and I felt something lean against me. I went literally stone stiff. I was speechless and could hardly move. I was able to twist my neck around enough to see a womanly figure in a soft dress through the moonlight from the bay window. I felt like she was looking straight at me. After about a minute, the presence got up and walked back out of the room. I finally relaxed (laughs) enough to shake my wife out of sound sleep, acting like a toddler who just had a nightmare. (gasps) So he he and Cynthia like moved into the house and then they got married at some point and then like stayed in that house for a while with the parents. Um, uh-huh. I guess like the whole family would like move in and stay there for a while and you know it was just kind of like a giant mansion. So why not the whole family stay there? Yeah. But then he said later that he felt like the ghosts were just kind of checking up on him to make sure that they like approved of him for Cynthia because they'd like taken care mm. of her all those years. Helen reported to neighbors that they heard phantom footsteps and slamming doors. She spent years actively promoting the house as one of the top ghost hangouts in the the country. She described the multitude of spirits dwelling in the house for a number of articles in local and nationwide publications, including Reader's Digest. Discussing at length a cheerful apple-cheeked ghost she had seen, as well as others dressed in revolutionary period clothing. She even had the premises featured as one of five homes in a haunted house walking tour of Nyack. It seems she was never shy toward anyone about how haunted the place was. So she's like out there being like, I live in a haunted house. Like, check it out. I mean, Reader's Digest? Like, holy shit. <laughs> So in 1989, Helen decided to sell the house because I guess taxes in the area had gone way up and like property taxes were just too much and she just couldn't afford it basically anymore. Hmm. She also wanted to move to a warmer climate as so many, you know, New York, New Jersey people do. They all go down to Florida. So she put the house up for sale. Ew, so gross. 
<laughs> so gross. Humid. Way too sticky. Ugh. Everything's sticky and wet all the time. <laughs> gross. Also, uh, alligators. No, thank you. Also alligators. Yeah. So the house stayed on the market for a while, and then finally Helen got an offer from Jeffrey Stam- Stambovsky. He was a Wall Street bond trader from New York, obviously. He was going to buy the house for $650,000, which a steal. Yeah, and really. He put $32,000 down. I also read he put down $32,500. But anyway, that was his down payment. Mm-hmm. The only problem was that Helen failed to tell him that the house was haunted. I mean, and do you have to disclose? We'll get my into house it. Is spooky? We'll get into it. <laughs> so the Stambovskis wouldn't learn about their new home until a local architect happened to say, "Oh, you're buying the haunted house." Which <laughs> Okay, what if you like just put down money on like your dream house and someone's just like, "Oh, you're buying the haunted house in the neighborhood." I mean, I let's mean, be real. You're talking to me, so dream I come would be true. like, "Fuck, yes. <laughs> I'm so excited." Uh, who wants to come over for a seance? <laughs> Immediately get the Ouija board. <laughs> so Jeffrey, Immediately. Yeah. Jeffrey Stambovsky was not terribly disturbed to learn that the, um, that ghosts were in his house, but his wife Patrice was really spooked. She, at the time, I think she was like pregnant and she was like, Oh fuck. No, oh, no. we are not living in a haunted house. Like, No. So she, like, put her foot down and was like, fuck no. And then they tried to back out of the real estate deal because, you know, she's like, I'm not mm-hmm. moving in. So Jeffrey didn't attend the closing, which caused him to forfeit the down payment. Uh, uh, what? That fucking sucks. Well, why would you, like, not go? <laughs> yeah. Why, anyway. Like, the whole, the, what? You lose $32,000? Ooh, shit. Yeah, but then he, like, wasn't obligated to buy the house. So maybe it was just, like, mm. I'll just, like, whatever. But then but then Helen wouldn't cancel the sale or return the deposit because she's like, I didn't what? do anything wrong. You said you were going like to buy my house. still buying it. Yeah, like... I didn't do anything wrong. And then Jeffrey said, we were the victims of <laughs> ectoplasmic fraud. My Whoa. feeling is that Mrs. Ackley is not... <laughs> Oh, my feeling is that Mrs. Ackley is a very neat old lady who likes to spin tails. But if my wife is influenced enough by that stuff to feel uncomfortable, that's a good enough reason not to sink our life savings into the place. So they decided. I know. (laughs) I know. So they decided to take Helen's ass to court. Shit. I was wondering how this was going to end up a a crime in any case. Yeah. I got it. (laughs) Sneaky. He filed an action requesting rescission of the contract of sale for damages for fraudulent misrepresentation by Ackley and Ellis Realty. Hmm. In 1991, New York's Supreme Court ruled that the home was officially haunted. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) What? They have an official ruling about the house? The Supreme Court said... Having reported the ghost's presence in both a national publication and the local press, defendant is stopped to deny their existence, and as a matter of law, the house is haunted. Oh, shit. 
Notwithstanding these conclusions, the court affirmed the dismissal of the fraudulent misrepresentation action and stated that the realtor was under no duty to disclose the haunting to potential buyers. Thus, no damages were available to Jeffrey because New York at the time adhered to a property law about caveat emptor or whatever. So the Supreme Court was like, Okay, well, legally, yeah, it's haunted, <laughs> and <laughs> it's not her responsibility so. to tell you. So Jeffrey lost the first round, and then with the sort, with the court <sighs> citing their caveat emptor responsibility to uncover defects in the property before committing to a sale. So you're supposed to say, like, you know, you're supposed to disclose what's wrong with the house you know like oh so um there's a leaky faucet on the first floor bathroom uh let's see that floorboard over there's a little squeaky oh and we have an entire household of ghosts that may come literally waltzing in you may get powder all over from their wigs but it's a steal super dusty in here great, great bones on this house so, so Jeffrey wasn't about to take that. So then he, he appealed and the ap- appellate division of state appellate? supreme appellate. I can never say that word. I don't know why I included it on anything. Appellate. I would have, I would have read it the same way. Appellate I- division yes. of state supreme court took the case. And this time in a narrow three to two decision, um, Jeffrey won. They decreed huh. that that Helen had the responsibility to disclose the property's apparent apparitions to future buyers. Oh my god. It's like as like a feature. Like it's got five bedrooms, three and a half baths, super three haunted speaking <laughs> speaking super haunted area. Mm. It's they, a yeah, wow. So the Supreme Court or the Appellate Court, Appellate Court, fuck. <laughs> the Appellate Court went on to note that haunting was not a condition that a buyer or potential buyer of real property can and should be able to ascertain upon reasonable inspection of the property. Which obviously, like, you're not going to go inspect the property and be like, well, clearly it's haunted. We see the woman standing over there. There's that powder dude over there. Like, (laughs) did you you notice that when we walked in, we walked right through that man? (laughs) You may not Ah, have recognized, but that man is not here. (laughs) He's a ghost. So they're like, yeah, and she needed to disclose at the same time, like, it's not reasonable that people would be able to... In, do an inspection of the property and be like, yeah, clearly it's haunted. So, plus, I'm just gonna say, like, I feel like a majority of the people, if you were like, oh yeah, here's this, here's that, also it's haunted, they would be like, uh, right, you're right, crazy. right. <laughs> They'd yeah. be like, well, it's still a beautiful house, and uh-huh. I'm not gonna believe that. So the court found that Helen had deliberately fostered the belief that her home was possessed by ghosts. And Justice Israel Rubin wrote for the majority and said that she was therefore at fault for not telling the buyers about this attribute of the house. Not being a local, Rubin continued, plaintiff could not readily learn that the home he had contracted to purchase is haunted. (laughs) 
Yeah, how can you prove it? I know. So he said, a very practical problem arises with respect to the discovery of paranormal phenomenon. Who are you going to call as a title song to the movie Ghostbusters asks? Apparently, the strict rule of caveat emptor to a contract involving a house possessed by poltergeists conjures up visions of a psychic or medium routinely accompanying the structural engineers and Terminex man at an inspection of every home subject to the contract of sale. In the interest of avoiding s- such untenable consequences, the notion that a haunting is a condition which can and should be ascertained upon reasonable inspection of the premises is a hobgoblin which should be exercised from the body of legal precedent and laid quietly to rest. This guy's having a great time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But seriously, like to have to hire a psychic to come, it's like, yeah, we've got the engine, the structural engineer coming, we got the Terminex guy, we got the psychic. Like we're good to go. <laughs> well, and then like then anyone who sold their house would have to get. That's a what he's saying exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but really, like, give a psychic a, some work. You know, maybe real estate agents should have their psychic on hand. Because you imagine, then there would be like the blackmailing and bribing of psychics, where it'd be like, <laughs> "I'll give you this much money. Say my house isn't haunted." <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him about the ghost in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll tell him about what I know about you. <laughs> like you're a fake mm-hmm. psychic. <laughs> definitely no ghosts. No ghosts here. <laughs> Clean house. It's fine. It's fine. Very nice. Ooh, just don't go in the basement. Very nice. <laughs> so the court's decision also took into account the very tangible impact of the house's hauntedness upon its property value. <laughs> Because of Helen's avid publicizing, ghost hunters from across the country would be seeking it out for years to come and even creeping around (laughs) in the yard on package tours. So not okay, well, really like what you want, you know? That's valid. Yeah. yeah. That's totally valid. Yeah. That so will like, happen and I will be creeping around once we can travel again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, my house, like the house is for sale, but it comes with all these like weirdos coming around, peeking around <laughs> with their like ghost shit all the time. There's just people around the entire property peering in windows with their like hands up near their eyes, and looking in all the windows. And their little tape recorders, like asking those stupid questions. <laughs> Are you here? It. If you're here, make a knock. Yeah. <laughs> Not again. Oh, I heard a knock. God damn it! It was the guy next to me. You have to like go out and be like, "Do you, Are you guys thirsty? You want some lemonade? It's a hot one today." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys doing all right Ooh, out there? <laughs> then you could make money off of them. You charge them for yeah. haunted lemonade. Yeah, you could. You could make like a whole gimmicky thing. Like, but this do you really lemonade want... was in the house of hauntedness. The ghost made it. But then that could be your business. You don't have to go out of your house for business. Your business is getting these looky loos to pay you for things. Yes, but as an introvert, that sounds like a nightmare. Having strangers on your on your property all the fucking time. Definitely, but it's your business. (laughs) (laughs) That's not. That's what I'm saying. So Justice Rubin also wrote. Whether the source of the spectral apparitions seen by defendant seller are parapsychic or psychogenic, have reported 
their presence in both a national publication and the local press. Defendant is a stop to deny their existence, and as a matter of law, the house is haunted. I already said that before. Okay, right. so the, the landmark ruling is now known as the Ghostbusters ruling, <laughs> which states that sellers must disclose whether a house is haunted to potential buyers. <gasps> is this just in New York or, like, everywhere? I think just New York is the New York the Supreme okay. Court. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, and rightfully oh so, because now we know New York, especially that area, is super fucking haunted. But I feel but like also, if you're buying a house in that area, you got to know what chances are it's going to be haunted. Well, now you know for sure if your house is one of the chosen ones. I don't know. I mean, when you said, you know, I thought it was going to be haunted by, like, native people being like get the fuck off our land and not yeah. powdered wig waltzing white people being like, like revolutionary la, 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 la. Yeah. we're here we're here we're still here <laughs> <laughs> like didn't see that coming uh no <laughs> <laughs> so a judge ruled that jeffrey didn't have to buy the house but that he <laughs> and helen had to split the down payment Okay. So eventually Helen did find a buyer for the house and then she moved to Florida in 1991. It was not easy moving and she wished that the ghosts would move with her, but they didn't. Oh, what? She was going to miss she them. Was... But why why did she leave? She left cuz she couldn't afford the property taxes anymore. Oh, cuz taxes right. in New York got way too expensive. Also it's cold. Winter sucks in New York. That would suck though like if you if since she actually liked it there, and the only yeah. reason that she left was because of the property tax. Like, yeah. that blows. Yeah, super shitty. Super shitty. That was, like, her home. That's where she, like, raised her children yeah. and ghosts together. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's really sad. So around 1993, Helen was contacted by a paranormal researcher from Portland, Oregon. He was interested in the house and had a friend who had recently communicated with her former roommates in Nyack, a.k.a. the ghosts. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Helen arranged to meet with the researcher, Bill Merrill. She also met the channeler, Glenn Johnson. They were able to contact two ghosts from the Nyack residence from the location in southern Oregon. One ghost called himself Sir George. The other called herself Margaret. The ghosts <laughs> stated that it wasn't as much fun in the house since the Ackleys moved out. And... <laughs> And the eventual buyers played down the haunting and did not want the ghosts around. So the ghost went on to explain various parts of history of the area along the Hudson between Nyack and Upper Nyack and Hook Mountain. And later historians in Rockland County checked out the recounting and most of it held up and could be true. Wait a second. So these people are just like... Uh, interpreters at a museum that are just like standing there being like, ah, oh, in 1923, this happened here no. on this rock, and here's this thing that happened. Wait, the ghost? And like, thanks, that's great, ghost. I'm glad you just told us facts yeah. about shit we don't care about. And then they're well, like, they're oh, at, they're uh, the ones asking. They're asking the ghosts, okay? Be nice to Margaret and Sir George, all right? Well, I just thought that they that was, like, the only information that they were giving, which was just, like, yes, at this date on this time during this thing, that happened. I mean, kind of. So 
the facts that they were giving were highly <laughs> obscure and not readily available. Ah, uh, convenient. And no, a lot of it was like tracked down. Like they thought like a lot of it held up. Okay. All right. I'm down. In one meeting with the ghosts, they stated that they were too, they were too bored and it was time to move on. <laughs> Can you imagine being like, oh my God, it's the most exciting day. I found ghosts to talk to. I'm interviewing him. You and bored. Then like, the, no, no. We're no, real people, bored. No. We're about to leave. <laughs> The people who moved into the house were boring the ghosts. The new people who moved into the house. So they're like, we're not going to stick around anymore because these people aren't as fun as like you and your four kids. There's no uh, one to wake up for school anymore. These ghosts have to get into haunting and being mm. spooky. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're like alarm clocks and like making sure that the vacuum is, you know, the ba- vacuum bag has been changed and the lint trap and the dryer has been checked instead right. of like, woo. <laughs> That's the problem. Right, right. <laughs> so... So the um, the one dude who married Cynthia said that he thought that the ghosts moved with with Helen because oh. she was, said that she was going to take them with her. But I don't think that that happened. <laughs> I'm so. going to pack my bags full of ghosts and leave here. Yeah, yeah. All I need are my ghosts. I don't need any of you. <laughs> so Helen Ackley passed away in 2003. Oh, wow. Way to bring it down. I know. Since then, film director, screenwriter, and actor Adam Brooks lived at the home for over 20 years. He didn't report any supernatural sightings. Then indie singer-songwriter Ingrid Michelson moved in and lived there from 2012 to 2015. She Hmm. said, I absolutely adored living at one Levetta. Levita? Levetta. It's a magical home. It's a memorable home. It's a home where people gather. It draws you in and comforts you, and the view is unbeatable. And now, Modest Yahoo owns the home. He told the New York Post that he hasn't seen any ghosts either. In late September, Modest, Modest Yahoo placed the home on the market. The home now features five bedrooms and five bathrooms with views of the Hudson River, and it's listed for sale for $1.9 million. Shit. Let's win the lottery and buy it. <laughs> I feel like that's not even that much money. Well, Am I, I crazy like or do we just live in well, California? <laughs> exactly. like, the problem is that we're jaded. And it's like, oh, in the Bay Area, $1.5 million gets you like a one-bedroom, <laughs> one-bathroom with a garage, an attached garage or something. Well, even in Sacramento, like, like, you know, like their house is selling for like two million where it's like, you know, yeah, it's a big house, but you're not, you don't have like beautiful views of a, a river. You're just like mm-hmm. in a city, you know? Sure. It's like an okay house, but it's not like a mansion that's haunted on the river. I know. Let's get it. I know. Let's do with it. All our How millions do we of dollars. Like... No, I looked at pictures. It's fucking beautiful. We need house. a GoFundMe. We're two poor people that want to live in a haunted mansion. We're trying mansion. to bring the ghosts back. We just want them to have a home again. <sighs> we just we're rehoming want, we're, the ghosts. Yes, yes. We're gonna start we a won't foundation. Be boring. 
about rehoming ghosts and we'll live there and then we can like rent the other three bedrooms to ghosts that are you yeah. know trying to find their way here's the thing though they're gonna pay rent and like money that disappears <laughs> it's gonna appear and then disappear we're gonna like god well, damn it they're gonna pay in the form of baby rings so we're just gonna like get weird little rings on our <laughs> arms and and or, coins. Um, coins and, uh, and sugar, sugar tongs. cube tongs. Yeah. <laughs> They're silver. So, you can, you know, pawn that maybe. But, you know, they could pay their way by by us doing tours of the spooky home. It's like we got it. And the ghosts are like, Ooh. it's like, ah, oh, it's five o'clock. It's time to do the haunting show. <laughs> All the ghosts come out. All right, let's do this. We got to <laughs> pawn these silver tongs before they disappear. Quick, get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can never get past the threshold. They disappear. So, that's... Immediately. The end. I'm gonna say that's a toss salad, scrambled <laughs> egg disaster, because it's not either. <laughs> Nobody loses. Everyone wins, except for the ghosts who got bored out of their own home. Mm. Let's, let's buy go it. Let's to get New it. York. Let's get that house. Fucking How do we get that much money? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we need to start... Yeah, we need to start, like something that will get us that much money so we can buy this house also i don't want to live in new york no uh, but the house sounds great the house is amazing and if we can get the ghosts back i just feel like that would be amazing that'd be fun that would be so fun ghost parties <laughs> ghost they would never want to leave again they would love us <laughs> no i think yes definitely yeah definitely. And now for the portion that we like to call Criminy Six, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. Okay, so I have one. This is from listverse.com. It says, We admit that cheese is good. And no matter how much no matter how much of it we eat, we never get tired of it. It's a widely acknowledged opinion. It's uh, outside of those who are intolerant to milk products. And the freedom to go to the store and get more cheese whenever we want is one of modern society's greatest gifts. What? Ever imagine how bad it would be if it wasn't readily available? You don't have to, as that's exactly the situation in Russia, due to all the sanctions and general geopolitical goodwill it has managed to lose over the last decade or so. It's probably the only country in the world with a thriving cheese black market <gasps> due to its severe shortage and high prices. And they regularly arrest local criminal cheese rings. <laughs> what just imagining like rats, rats and mice, like <laughs> right, like with cheese, and like. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> You'd think a cheese black market would be some sort of joke, but they're really serious about it, and the cheese shortage has attracted quite a bit of global attention in recent years. That is tragic to have a cheese shortage. Uh, what the fuck? A black cheese. market? <laughs> it's like, dude, I gotta get some Gouda. It's like, I'm out of Gouda, man, but I got this really good blue. Shit. It's just a little bit more for the blue. I can't afford the fucking blue. I just needed the Gouda. I'm out of the Gouda. I could call a buddy who will have Gouda, but it's not going to be here until tomorrow. How many grams you want? I can, oh, I can give it. you like five grams of Gouda. <laughs> 
<laughs> of blue today. <laughs> My Gouda dealer just got caught. I just, I just have no access now. <laughs> yes. People have like secret cheese sellers. <laughs> yeah, it's secret cheese sellers. What the fuck? <laughs> and this from the same source, I got I have one that says. Due to being one of the fastest growing cities in Asia, Tehran has once or has introduced a bunch of road laws in recent years to keep things manageable. Much like other big cities in the world, Tehran also has designated traffic zones in their own rules or with their own rules that you must follow and fees you must pay if you want to access them, especially in the central, more crowded areas of the city. Unlike any other city in the world, though, Iranians have found an ingenious way to circumvent those rules and oh, do no. whatever they want anyway <laughs> with dedicated number plate blockers. Oh. To get around the strict traffic zone laws and drivers in Tehran, ha- uh, drivers in Tehran have taken to hiring pedestrians to walk behind their cars and block the number plate what from the, the view of the CCTV cameras <laughs> while some of the plates <laughs> while some of the plates are just uh are just people on the while some of the street blockers are just people on the street trying to earn a quick buck there are others who do this for a living as well either on foot or on a two-wheeler what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) what a career what do you do oh i'm a i walk behind cars i'm a plate blocker (laughs) oh mm, yes it's, it's nice. Career. You can spend your day outside. That's right. Just wander. You're going to get just paid just blocking people's shit. Huffing car fumes all the time. Huffing car fumes and blocking people's shit. Okay, I have one. Okay. This is from the BBC.com. From the BBC. BBC yeah, one. Yeah, BBC yeah. two. <laughs> Goldilocks burglar caught napping. <laughs> A retired couple from Lancashire. 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 <laughs> Return home from a holiday in 2014 to discover a burglar fast asleep in their bed. Martin oh, Holtby and Pat Dyson were amazed to find the intruder, Lucas Chodnowski. Chodnowski. Chod- ah, totally Chodnowski. Yep. Had done their dishes, accurate. washed his underwear, and even bought some groceries. Miss Dyson said their house wasn't too tidy when they went away. <laughs> but Lucas, who was originally from Poland but moved to Leeds, had kindly tidied up. He did burn an old saucepan, but that happens, she added. <laughs> Lucas, then 28, admitted burglary and was given a two-year conditional discharge in order to pay 200 pounds cost. <laughs> I wonder if he thought that he was in his own home. <laughs> like I I think came that, in drunk. I don't know, he like took care of it and stuff though. Yeah, like I brought groceries home, put it away, did things, cooked a meal, went to bed. <laughs> did we do did we do this one? I'm going to read it if we did it already, like just delete it, but Two Welsh tourists landed themselves in court in 2012 after they got drunk and stole a penguin called Dirk from SeaWorld in Australia. Did we do it? I don't think so, but I feel like I, I, I saw, I read it before, but I don't think we did it. 
Reese Owen Jones, 21, and Carrie Mules, 20, from South Wales, broke into the park on Queensland, Queensland's Gold Coast, swam with the dolphins, and let <laughs> oh, off a fire extinguisher so cool. in the shark enclosure before oh, making off cool. with poor Dirk. When they woke up hungover with the flightless bird in their apartment, they tried their incompetent best to care for him by feeding him and putting him in the shower. (laughs) They later released Dirk into a canal, but were spotted by locals who called police. A magistrate fined them 1,000 Australian dollars each and told them to drink a little less vodka. Dirk was rescued and returned to SeaWorld unharmed. Oh, that's good that the penguin was fine. But also, be careful. Don't just go swim with dolphins without a lifeguard. Those things are pretty... They um, will drown you and rape you. Yeah, they're... they're uh, they will drown you while trying to around. rape you. They are fucking they, around. That's the problem. Oh, oh. They are fucking around, and they're <laughs> Too not much. fucking around. You know what I mean? They're very serious. They take fucking around very seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially exactly. the ones in captivity. They're all cooped up. I wouldn't trust them for a second. Um, I just have, like, this really quick one that I just have to say. Okay. That <laughs> it said, uh, I got from police1.com, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Anyway, Lower Duck Pond in Lithia Park, Ashland, police responded to a report of two dogs running loose and attacking ducks. Oh, no. The, office, <laughs> the officer cited the resident for the loose dogs. The duck refused medical treatment <laughs> and, left, and left the area, according to police records. <laughs> oh, no. I hope that he did get medical treatment somewhere. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, I can't afford you. <laughs> Go to the duck doctor. <laughs> Oh my god, he refused treatment. (laughs) And walked away. (laughs) Oh, that was amazing. Thanks for that. That was so good. (laughs) I hope he's okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh. Well, thanks Thanks for for tuning in. in. Rate, review, subscribe. And we're debate we're debating right now about the Instagram because social media sucks and neither of us want to do it. So <laughs> if you have any opinions, let us know. If not, we're still debating whether or not to keep up yes. on that. But like you can Google things on your own, you know? know. Also use DuckDuckGo because Google tracks you and DuckDuckGo is a way to search things without being tracked and shit. At this so. point. <laughs> Who knows, you know. But anyway, yeah, yeah, thank you for joining us. And join us next week for another episode. And we will talk about something else weird, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, stay as sane as possible out there. Stay safe. Shit's getting wild. We will talk at you next week. Bye. Okay, bye. Name babies. I can't name a baby. I don't know babies.